Happy holiday season from Shape America. We are in the final weeks of 2020. And on this episode, I have Lisa Paulson of Minnesota Shape and the Shape America Physical Activity Council on to recap a few of the best Twitter chats of 2020. Lisa also shares some awesome stuff going on in her PEAT program along with her why and what self-care means to her. Welcome to episode 132 of the Shape America podcast, starting now. What is up and how are you? This is Sean Nevels, host for the Shape America podcast. And before we get rolling, I always want to make sure that you are checking in on you. That's right. Take time for a mindful minute, especially during the holiday season. A mindful minute is one of many activities offered through Health Moves Minds, the Shape America service learning program that brings lessons, activities, and community building ideas that help kids live their best lives. And on that note, let's talk about the holiday season. And let's particularly recognize that there are many different cultures and traditions celebrated during the holiday season. So please be mindful of your neighbors, coworkers, whomever you interact with, and be intentionally respectful of their culture and values. Um, to me, however, to me, the holidays mean two things, showing gratitude and giving back. First, the gratitude. I'm crossing the first 100 days of my time with Shape America, and I can't thank the Shape leadership team, uh, the workers of Shape America for welcoming me with their virtual and collective open arms and for the early successes of my time here with Shape, including the launch of the COVID-19 resources library. So I definitely want to thank Shape America. And then there's the giving back part. Nowhere in my job description was Shape did it say podcast host. When I was coming to Shape, I was looking through and I saw that the podcast had once existed, but it hadn't recorded anything in quite some time. So when there's a need, I guess I'm the one to fill that gap. But this podcast is not about me. This podcast was an opportunity to give back to our profession. This podcast is an opportunity to share information, tools, resources, but more importantly, to share stories. We've had on an expert in mental health from underrepresented communities and ethnic groups, teachers on to talk about how they've addressed the social emotional well-being of students despite a pandemic. We've had on a teacher of the year who's a former gang member and experts in digital advocacy and political advocacy. But in also giving back, I wanna show gratitude. I wanna say thank you. This podcast to date has reached over 15,000 listens in six episodes. So to my listeners, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. And this podcast will continue to be a vehicle to advocate for our community and share stories. So with that, let's recap some of the best Twitter chats we've had of 2020. And on with me to do that, I have from Minnesota's Shape and the Physical Activity Council, Lisa Paulson. Lisa, how are you? I'm good. It's Friday and, you know, we're approaching the holidays. I feel good. I feel All good. right. Yes, it is a Friday leading into uh, the holiday season for sure. Thank you, Lisa. So, Lisa, we have you on. You know, tell our listeners first off about you. How, you know, what's your journey to this point? Yeah, so I'll start with my, my position. I'm a 
I'm an instructor at the University of Minnesota Duluth. I teach in the physical education teacher education program, uh, health education coordinator. I primarily teach the methods courses um, and the upperclassmen. There, I feel so lucky to be there. That's uh, my that's my alma mater. So I, I graduated from UMD and uh, ten years ago and um, did my master's at UW La Crosse. Following that, prior to higher education, I taught. Uh, elementary PE, health education, adaptive PE. I was at a charter school, so you name it, kind of, you wear a lot of hats, you know, so um, I loved, absolutely loved teaching elementary PE, but I am so glad that I made the move to higher education because it, it feels good to make my reach a little bit bigger. Um, you asked about how I got here, and so I guess I'll just share a little bit with you that I don't know that a lot of people maybe know about me, maybe I guess now they will, um, but, you know, like in terms of thinking about what's your story and what's your why and how did you get to where you are, I think it's important to dig a little bit deeper about the way that you grew up and, and how it sort of evolves and is going to continue to evolve about what's your why for doing the work that we do. So growing up, uh, I was an only child, still I am an only child. Um, and when I was about two years old, my, my dad left and, and took lots of stuff. And, you know, so, and then he actually passed away when I was two. So it was just my mom and I growing up and uh, not easy for her. You know, she didn't have a whole lot of help in, in terms of raising me and, and a whole lot of support. So we moved in with my grandparents at that point. And, uh, you know, they say like a village raises you, right? And that's, that's definitely true for me. And, and nothing but love and support came from them. but. The way that I grew up is, you know, and I, I think other folks listening can maybe resonate. Everybody's story is different, but yeah, I didn't have a lot of the opportunities. Like they just couldn't provide me with a lot of those opportunities. Um, so, you know, I grew up in my grandparents' house and then my mom was able to move out into apartment and, you know, live low income housing. Uh, she received benefits for, you know, mental disability and physical disability. She didn't drive, she's blind and deaf partially. Um, and they don't let you drive a car like that. So you know, I had to get rides from like my aunt and, and friends and, and all kinds of things. But so I think it happened when I was about six years old and we had a social worker that uh, they, they recommended the program Big Brothers Big Sisters, and which is just a mentoring program. And I think there's multiple mentoring programs out there. And so that's, that's where this story goes is my, my why becomes like, it's because of my mentor. And you know, we started out, we met, we got along, and uh, we met like once a week, and we would do fun things, and you know, at that time, I didn't know how how long this was going to last, I, and it turns out the typical mentor program is only like a year or two, um, but what she did was she provided me with opportunities that I wouldn't have had otherwise, and and looking back now in terms of why PE and why health and why my, my why this work that I do is looking back, I would have never been able to probably, you know, go skiing. I would have never gone camping. I would have never done any of those lifetime things. And she, she would have those conversations with me about, you know, exercise is important. Um, eating well is important. Working out makes you want to eat well. And all those things that like, we, that drive the work that we do and, and well-being of ourselves, you know, really, really came from her. And I, I got a full ride scholarship because of that program. She instilled in me good grades 
And I don't think I, I, it's hard to say, but I don't think I would be where I am. And I don't think I would have gone to college. I don't think I would be as healthy as I am. Um, I got a lot of, a lot of diabetes, heart disease, all kinds of physical disabilities. There's a lot of mental illness in my family. I don't know where I would be if it weren't for her. And so I think that, you know, having somebody who sort of serves as like, she's 30 years older than me. So it's, it's like, she's not my mom. She's not my sister, but it's like, she's all that, you know, and I can just, I can tell her anything. And she provided me with the opportunities that I could use. So she didn't, she didn't create potential for me, but she defended my potential. And so I think just as teachers that we literally have an opportunity to do that every single day for our students. And, you know, we can, we can unlock that potential. We can provide them with the skills and just remembering that we hold that power every single day. And so that's, that's my why. And now I get to, now I get to develop mentors, you know, and so I feel like I have the best job in the world. And, you know, you know, real quick, a couple, a couple crosses between you and I, you know, I grew up the only child as well. And, you know, I've, I've actually taught in the adaptive physical education space. And, you know, that's, that's very, you know, it was my first teaching job and that was a very unique place to be in and to learn. And, you know, I always tell people that, that that's what honestly started my advocacy is to be an advocate for those, you know, those students that didn't have the abilities that I have. And, you know, you're talking about your story and where you started and how, you know, that has gotten you to this point. And now, now you're doing that work, you know, you're doing that work for, you know, these future professionals out in the field. And actually, before we get to the Twitter chat, let's kind of talk about your, your Heat and Pete program, because I think you, you're the first we've had back on this uh, relaunch of the podcast to talk about Heat and Pete program. So just real quick, before we get to the Twitter chat, can you actually talk about that? Yeah, so as an alumni, I feel, you know, again, I feel really lucky to be where I'm at. I, going into this job, and if it was some unfamiliar university and I didn't know the faculty or or the environment, I, it would make it a lot harder. And so I feel really lucky to, you know, walk the halls that I walked, you know, 10 years ago and, and have some coworkers that taught me. And so um, I think that really has helped me shape where I want to fit in as a faculty member and how we can progress as a program. So those relationships are already strong and established. Um, one thing that I think is really great about our program is that we are getting those students with real kids as much as possible. Um, and now, obviously, during a pandemic, that looks a little bit different. Um, but that's a super cool part about our program is like freshmen, they find out right away, real quick. We drop those numbers. They say, oh, ah, this isn't for me. But um, once, once they figure out that it's for them, and then we put them out there in front of kids and kind of like throw them under the bus a little bit with some guidance. Uh, they find out that, wow, this is something that I love. And so they say, um, that's something that I'm really proud of about our program. One other aspect about that, what we do at UMD is, um, so during their senior year, they actually teach a college course. And, and I don't know of other schools that do this. Um, so while they're in methods and, and we're out there teaching in the schools uh, full time, either you're teaching or you're observing, um, they get to teach under an instructor a 1000 level PE course. So they take a whole semester to plan it and then they take a whole semester 
and they are the teacher. And so that's sort of to, you know, normalize what a block plan looks like and how to assess and um, strengthen that experience in, in real life. So, so, so the programs. So you have your future professionals are not only working on, you know, the student teaching aspect and the, you know, the K-12 setting, but they're also working on teach, like being a professor, like, hey, this is what it's like to be a college level instructor, right? Right, yeah, mostly, mostly for the planning aspect of how to plan and create and implement, you know, unit plans and lesson plans and how that all gets, a, gets laid out for you. That's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. So thank you. I might come back around in some future professional talk, but let's get to these Twitter chats. And the first one we want to touch on and one that, you know, our community, you know, outside, you know, people on the outside that look at health and physical education, you know, we feel we struggle with as we advocate is the difference between physical education and physical activity. And that came up in a Twitter chat. So Lisa, talk about that for us. Yeah, so when designing the Twitter chat, you know, the PA Council, we meet monthly and we're trying to figure out like, what can we, what can we do to help our teachers right now, but always? And, and, you know, one question is like, what does physical activity and physical education have in common and what do they have that are different? And, and how does that relate to during a pandemic? Um, so I'll share with you a couple of responses that were out there on Twitter. Um, someone said to, you know, let's stop worrying about the difference and let's just be a little bit more open-minded in terms of how we're going to advocate to include all of those things in our re-entry plans. Uh, somebody else wrote, you know, physical activity is important and essential to overall health, but physical education is developing an understanding and appreciation of why. Um, and then the last, the last comment that I'll share with you on that is you know i think terry drain put it put it really well of course she did right but she said quality physical education increases students i cans which is physical literacy opens doorways for participating in physical activity hashtag purposeful and then there was a little chart that said you know like if i can run there's your i can what else can i do i can play street hockey i can play soccer i can race with my friends um and so to me, you know, I think the biggest takeaway in terms of what, clearly there's a difference, right? Um, physical activity to me is, it's a byproduct. Just like fun in physical education, you bet it's important. We have to have fun and we have to have physical activity, but it's a byproduct. It's, we need to shift that mindset. And I think that our profession has been doing a really good job at this is, you know, starting with like, what do I want the students to learn? Starting with the standards, right? And, and what do I want the students to learn? And then what's the vehicle to get me there? There's a lot of ways that I can get to Target from my house. You know, I can take the highway, I can take the main drag, and then I can take the side rows. And it's, it's just what, if I'm going to get to Target, the activity is what am I going to do to get there? And how, which road do I want to take? I can take lots of roads, but the physical activity and the fun is part of choosing the activity and never choosing the activity first, right? Always starting with what you want the students to learn. And so I think that that is a really big part of understanding, you know, busy, happy, good in terms of, you know, later we'll talk a little bit more about advocacy, um, but PA is sort of a, an important part, but a byproduct of physical education. 
And shout out to President-elect Terry Drain on that one. We're gonna have to we have to get the date on that on that post so we can kind of dig it back up and you know use that one for probably some time to come because I think that was a really good one uh, she shared with us. Okay, so for those listeners who can't see, uh, Lisa's wearing a Speak Out hoodie, and I know she has attended a Speak Out day or two, right? 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 When was the last Speak Out day you attended? Well, last year, I was able to bring one of my students with, and I remember we were in Tina Smith's office, and we saw on that TV, it said, well, it's declared a national pandemic now, so I think that Speak Out Day is going to stay with me for quite some time. <laughs> you, had to, you had the inside scoop before, I think, you know, the rest of our nation even knew, so yeah, I think that, that one will definitely stick with you, but that kind of lends itself to our uh, next Twitter chat question. And um, real quick for reference, uh, for those listening, check back out episode 131 of the podcast we had on Carly Wright and Karen Johnson to talk about advocacy, but for particularly for this Twitter chat, is how are you advocating for physical education and physical activity? Lisa, what do you have on that one? Well, I'm glad that you mentioned Carly and Karen's podcast, because I did give that a listen right when it came out, and that's I'm going to share a little bit, you know, related to, to the answer here that, um, you know, we got, we got a virtual speak out day coming up and, and how important it's going to be to continue to advocate at that level, but at, at all levels. So definitely make sure you give that a listen. They do such an awesome job. So as per the Twitter chat, how are you advocating for PA and PE? I just got to tell you that it was pretty much crickets. Um, I think Ann Paul's Neil put out that, uh, she literally said, you know, well, it's been pretty quiet on this question. And <laughs> what are you doing to advocate? Um, you know, I think there could be a variety of reasons behind that. You know, people are, people are stressed. People are stretched too thin right now. They're trying to navigate and um, advocating seems like one more thing. And so I think that it's, it's just, it's important to think about ways that we can educate folks in terms of what advocacy means because advocacy can sort of sound you know scary or like i shouldn't advocate i'm just i'm just an elementary pe teacher you know like those people who go they work for shape or they're on this council or on this committee those are the people that are advocating for me and it's no there are all levels of advocacy and so i think that our duty right now is to educate everybody in our profession of what they can do to advocate um, and lower the barrier to entry to to show off the things that we're doing in our programs, you know. Um, I think I think we all agree on you know what has this pandemic revealed? What's important? Shelter, food, health, social interaction, toilet paper. But you know, I think. <laughs> yes, toilet look, paper. The definition <laughs> of 2020, I joke about it too many times, but the definition of 2020 is run and get your toilet paper. There's a pandemic going on outside. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Then I won't lie, I stacked up on meat in the freezer. I didn't know, you know. That makes more sense than toilet paper, Lisa. I'm sorry. I I still can't put wrap my mind around why toilet paper was the go-to item to protect ourselves but go ahead <laughs> <laughs> well yeah in terms of how you're advocating for health and PE you know I think I think that first of all we need to educate folks on what advocacy can and should look like and that advocacy is something that every single person in our profession right now that should be needs to be doing and 
you know, I think, I think that we got to give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, we, we often know that PE can sort of seem like, you know, not as important sometimes, or we feel, we feel like it's not valued enough. And I really think that, you know, perhaps some folks have that perspective, but the other side of it is let's give them the benefit of the doubt that they just don't know. They don't know that it's changed. They don't know that this isn't your parents' PE or health class, right? And so I can't think of a more important time that when health and PE are right now, or a more important time to, to advocate and do it at all levels, because we, we have to speak up and we have to shed the light on, on the things, on the social emotional learning. That's not new. That's always been happening. But, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a PE teacher. Guess what happens in my class? You should come see my class. And even if it's remote, you know, good teaching is good teaching regardless of the platform. And so we need to we need to invite folks to see our classes. We need to tell them about the SEL that's happening. We gotta tell our parents and tell our community and, and connect, you know, on if on another level, yeah, connect with your local Congress reps, just like you know, Carly and Karen were saying. And if you can, you know, do those letters that Shape America makes it so easy. It takes 30 seconds. I make my students do it, and it takes 30 seconds to type your information in and send out letters, you know, and, and if you can. I'll edit those letters so that you you make them a little bit more personal but i i just think you know outside of speak out day outside of outside of the legislative work folks every day can be doing something for advocacy you know let me let me let me kind of add to what you're saying you mentioned it in small bits but you know with advocacy you have to start small but and what you mentioned you know with hey come to my classroom it's just as small as showing up, right? What do we tell students? You know, I, I taught high school physical education. What I tell some of those kids that struggle, I was like, look, you being here is half the battle. Think about going to work in the morning. You making right. it to work is half the battle. So teachers, when you advocate, just showing up to your class is the half the battle that you have already won right there when you advocate. And then next part you kind of mentioned on is being a role model, all right? showing, you know, not just practicing, you know, best practices within the class, but best practices within your own life. And, you know, being as vulnerable as you can within reason with your students, you know, telling them how you manage life. You know, I do these techniques to, to get over stress and this, this and that. They'll probably learn more in that piece of it than just basic curriculum stuff. So, you know, showing up, being a role model, and then you identify, you know, then you start to identify people within your program, you know, within your district and, you know, you rally around them and you, you allow them to be the ones that go to the board meetings that go to the speak out days, you know, but honestly, advocacy starts with showing up. So show up to your classrooms and be the best teachers you can be. All yeah. Right, and, so. and I'll just add that, you know, and just be confident, be confident in what you do and be confident in your, in your program, because I, People don't, you don't have to be doing something really special that day. What you are doing is special that day and, and show it and invite people and, you know, bring it, bring your recording to the school board meeting. Yes. All those things make a difference. Yes. There you go. Love it. So, okay. You know, I kind of, I kind of kicked it off talking about, you know, the, you know, with the mindful minute and the holiday season, especially, you know, stress, anxiety is up, but you know, 2020 has added a new level to stress and anxiety and that's through screen time you know too much screen time mm -hmm. you know we're 
almost detaching ourselves from from the social you know from social interaction and things like that so this kind of came up in a twitter chat is how do you balance screen time with self-care tell us about that one sean i don't know if uh, it's hard it's hard to say which one's most important <laughs> efficacy is so important but but my goodness self-care we can't we can't give to others if we don't if we don't give to ourselves, you know and so um I'll, I'll give you a couple answers that some folks were saying out on twitter and then um and then we can wrap it up from there so you know people are saying set time for things that that make them feel good like walking outside um like working out like setting time to do tasks around the house you know another person said they listen to music they go leisure walking they play with their kids uh, shout out to the PA Council Wellness Wednesdays that Jim Hamble hosts each week. Um, those are really good, really good way to, you know, if you're not motivated to, to work out, you want to do a little follow along. Those are awesome because you might recognize somebody leading that workout. And it's always somebody within our, our PE and health uh, profession. And so those are, we actually do some on Thursdays as well. So keep, in, keep a lookout for that. I think those are all uh, pre-recorded and on the Shape America website. Um, you know, for me, I think self-care is what like is, this. Quick question. What is, before you get into that, what do you do, Lisa, for self-care? What do you do? That's a good question. And, and some days are harder than others. Uh, self-care is something that I actually, I really like to talk about. Um, and I always start my classes with, you know, little check-ins and, and things like that with my students. Like, what are you guys doing for self-care? And they're like, nothing, Lisa. I've been checked out since week two. And uh, and some of them are like, I took up knitting. You know, I'm knitting a sweater for my mom right now. And I'm locked in my room. So I took yeah. up podcasting, so it's all good. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks different. It looks different for everybody. So what do I do? You know, to me, um, to me, it's like it's a commitment to myself. And so um, I got to exercise. I try to lift weights, you know, most days of the week and, and that's a non-negotiable for me. Um, do I always go all out? No. Um, but I always do it and because and even if, even if it's 10 minutes, um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty in and out, like build the intensity and, and get out of there. But, um, exercise to me is like brushing my teeth. And so I, I got to get something in that's, that's probably my biggest element of self-care. Um, Another thing that I like to do is cook. Cooking for me just like is totally de-stress. It's like an art project to me, and so um, I, I really like to find new recipes and. Okay, and what's make, what's your favorite new what's what's been one of your favorite new recipes? Oh gosh, you know, that's a hard question. That's <laughs> a hard, hard question. I would have to say. Recently, I made, uh, well, it's not new. It's an oldie but a goodie. It's called Chicken Marbella. And it's got, it's got chicken, and you can put it over, you know, rice or mashed potatoes. It's got capers in there. I don't know if you know what capers are, but if you don't, you need to get those in your life. I used to work at an Italian restaurant. Yeah, I got no capers. Little brown sugar in there. Uh, it's real good. Coming to the Shape America podcast, Lisa Paulson shares her uh, her <laughs> recipe, her holiday recipes. It is a good holiday one. Bella, I'm sorry. Back to the self-care talk, but. 
<laughs> yeah, you were kind of going into it. Got anything else from that? Yeah, so, you know, I just, I think it's important to note that, you know, self-care, it's like, I hate that word. I do, I hate that word because it sounds so cliche. And it sounds like something that's like an extra thing to do on my to-do list every day. And I think we can't look at it from that perspective, you know? Because if we look at it as something else we're supposed to do, that we know we should do for ourselves, it, it turns out to feel hard. And self-care should not feel hard, but why does it feel hard? It feels hard to like, oh, I got another thing that I gotta get in today. Um, but really, what I think about self-care is that, you know, it's the art of finding what's gonna make you feel good for the long run, keyword for the long run. So exercise I know is gonna make me feel good for the long run. Um, it's a commitment to yourself. You know, it, you've gotta you've gotta get in the habit of committing to yourself and figuring out what it is that's gonna make you feel good for the long run. And mine looks different from yours, and everybody's looks different, even on a day-to-day -day basis. I think we all go through you know ebbs and flows. Um, I'm a big believer in that we all live in cycles, so we might be really good at it sometimes, and then we might we might lack sometimes and say, okay, I gotta get back into that yoga, or I gotta get back into that mindfulness, and 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 I think that's okay, but you know, it's easy to be all good when everything's all good, right? Like, it's easy to be happy when everything's all cheerful, but it's harder to continue to practice self-care if you don't already have that habit. And so getting in that habit while everything's all good so that you're able to dig deep and, and still practice and maintain your mental health in the times that, you know, you need it the most. I do appreciate you sharing that. Uh, you know, hopefully listeners definitely take away from that, particularly like you said, self-care is a commitment to yourself, not for today, not for tomorrow, but for the next decades of your life. So I do appreciate that. That was that was that was an amazing share right there, Lisa. Um, that's all for our Twitter chat questions, but I do want to ask you, I want to ask you this question. And hopefully it comes out as a question because we're, you know, we're at the end of 2020. And, you know, man, yeah, it has been quite the year for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, I want to start thinking reflectively on 2020 and what have you gained? Because I keep, you know, I'm, as in other conversations I'm having, I'm saying, you know, we won't learn, we won't know what we've learned from 2020 until we get about 10 years down the road or we're in our next recession or our next pandemic, right? So Lisa, you personally, when you, know, when you reflect on 2020, what would you have hoped to gain out of you know, making it through COVID-19, the pandemic in 2020? Yeah, so good. That's such a good question. You know, I, I first, when you first asked that question, I thought about all the technology skills that I've gained, right? Um, every single day I am learning multiple things in terms of teaching, not just technology, right? And we think about our students and that they're so good with technology, but and yeah, they're good at Snapchat and, and this and that, but teaching with technology is a whole nother story. And so I have learned so, so much that is going to benefit my teaching later that I'll continue to do. Um, and, and just being, you know, really resourceful. Um, I've been resourceful prior to this, but we are really connecting on a whole nother level. You know, like we have, we have national meets about with, within higher education. Um, Jamie McMullen is a, is one of the hosts for that. And I'm so grateful to be able to 
you know, build that community around let's connect and not just, not just nationwide, all over the world. We're are on these meetings and collaborating and, uh, you know, jumping on little Friday night meets with other people who we wouldn't have normally done that before, you know, um, Artie and Kim and, and those, they host, you know, weekly little get togethers on, on zoom and, um, just the building of relationships that's not going to ever go away and my goodness we can't wait to see each other you know of course at conferences and um and to be able to have that social interaction again but i think if anything it's it's just the building that resiliency and not have been able to probably do that or do it nearly as well in an emotionally uh in an emotionally safe way without the support and the resources and the the folks out there the community the community that want to that want to elevate our profession you know they want to make each other feel good they want to share ideas and i think that's that's come to light so much more and we have an amazing i'm amazed every day at all the stuff that people just put out there you know for free you know make a copy on google slides kind of thing and I think that that's really come to light this year and, and I hope that that doesn't go away. For sure. And I think that kind of ties into um, President Brett Fuller, his his motto, you know, for his term of Shape America and that's stronger together. And, you know, you know, even though we are physically distanced, we can still be socially connected and we can still like, oh, I love it, elevate our profession of health and physical education. Mm -hmm. So. Lisa, that was amazing. Thank you so much. Anything you want to say before you go? How can we follow you? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at P-A-U-L-S 640, so Pulse 640. Um, the only thing I want to add is go and tell somebody how good your program is. Like, do it on Monday. Do it today. Go and Go and tell your admin. Go and tell another teacher go and you know check in on somebody and, and let them know what's happening in your class for sure show up thank you lisa paulson for being on with us we appreciate thank you, you. all right Thank you to Lisa Paulson from the University of Minnesota Duluth, Minnesota Shape and the Shape America Physical Activity Council for chatting with us and recapping some of the highlights of our Shape America Twitter chats of 2020. Again, you can follow Lisa on Twitter at P-A-U-L-S 640. As always, rate, review, subscribe to the Shape America podcast. From Shape America, Joey Martelli in the background. I'm your host, Sean Nevels on the Shape America podcast. Thanks for listening and take care. This podcast was made possible through the national co collaboration to promote health, wellness, and academic success of school-aged children, a 1601 cooperative agreement with the Dissenters for Disease Control and Prevention.